0: We are beginning a brand new series of messages this weekend because some things are better together, aren't they? How could you possibly eat an Oreo without milk? I don't think I've ever done that. Amen? <laughs> chips and salsa? I mean, I guess I eat chips sometimes. I don't ever eat salsa, but I mean, I, chips and salsa, those things just go to bacon and eggs. Very seldom. Do I eat one without the other? Those things are better to get peanut butter and jelly. PB and J. You can't you can't eat peanut butter without jelly, right? Robbie and Shannon. They were meant to be. See right? There's us. Some things are better together. Twenty-three years this month. Wow. As a side note, it is crazy when you get old enough for people to do very important things and they're half your age. Amen. You can tell I'm just kind of working through that. But over the next few weeks, I digress. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how we, all the people who are part of this group called New Hope Community Church, how we're meant to be together. God has called us to come together together To do some things. And that's really the focus of this series. We want to have a better idea of what is it that God has called us to do together. But before we dig into that, we want to talk about... Before we dig into what we're supposed to to do together, this weekend we want to talk about why we are called to do that together. Why do we come to church? Why do we get involved? Why do we commit to do some things together for God? And for some of us, that truly is a good question. For some of us, church is not a very positive topic. Maybe you're hopefully hopefully you're new. Hopefully, somebody hadn't been here for a while. It's not positive. Hopefully it's become positive as you've gotten to be a part of New Hope. But for many of us, our background is church can be a very negative thing. So we want to think about that. What is this thing that we are called? Why are we doing this thing called church? And we want to talk about it together this weekend. We're in this together. Why are we called together to partner to do something called church? And the first thing I want to think about is this. God gave us the church for a reason. Did you know that? God gave us... God is the one who invented the church. Some of said the three major institutions that God established are the home and government and the church. God gave us something called the church for a reason. And just to show you how mixed up and far away from God's way we've gotten in our thinking, many times when we say the word church, we automatically think of a building. Isn't that weird? Isn't that strange? People will say to me, I'll meet you at the church. If you say that to me, just be ready. Because I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, I'm going to say that's impossible. That is impossible. They're at work today. They're at school today. You can't meet me at the church. They're thrown they're out from Albany to Screw Lake. Amen? Almost to Canada. You can't meet me at the church. You say, smarty pants. I'm not trying to be a smarty pants. I'm just trying to remind you and remind me the church is not this building. We're going to go to the church to have our Bible study. We're going to meet at the church to go on this activity together. Most people... When they say the word church, it means the building that we meet in. If you don't think of a building, many times we think of the church as an organization. We think of the church, uh, many times, normally when we're thinking about it this way, we, we call it the church, right? The capital C church. There's this. There, it comes across as some imposing, ecclesiastical, formal body that we must answer to. So when we think of the church... We think of a 501c3 nonprofit organization that speaks, that acts, that does things, that that makes impersonal decisions, that has officers and that has rules and guidelines. It's almost like a company that we have to deal with, right? We need to talk to the church or we need to get permission from the church. Now don't get me wrong, there is a sense in God's plan in which we are accountable to something called the church. But listen... Even with understanding that, it's not as impersonal as we make it sound many times. Many times we make the church sound like the IRS, amen? I mean, doesn't it feel like that? i got to deal with the IRS. i got to deal with something called this impersonal, large business kind of thing called the church. Friends, listen, it's much more personal than that. It's much more honestly informal than that. Can I be honest with you? In starting this church, as God worked through us to start this church, I did not want a building. I don't want to turn on lights. I don't want to um, put gravel on a par- on a, on, a, on a driveway. I don't want to think about all that stuff because that is not what we're about. Can I share with you? That's why your pastors we, we dress kind of like normal people, right? We we don't. I, I go to churches and I see pastors. It looks so stuffy, and, and that's okay. But every church, but but it just the people look one way and the pastor looks. We're just we're just family, amen. We're just getting together. The only reason, listen, we made this platform as low as we possibly could. But so that the people in the back could functionally see the speaker up here. But really, we don't want to give the impression there's some special person up here on some stage performing or doing. And we're just all we're just the family. Amen. We're just people. We're not just some impersonal, informal, uh, not a part of real life organization. So here's the way I like to say it: the church is organized but it's a living organism and not just an organization. We need to be organized, amen? I mean, with this many people, and by the way, there's like two more services coming later this weekend. With this many people, we need to be organized, but the emphasis is not on being an organization. We are a living, breathing organism, the body of Christ, in fact. So you might say, well, Pastor Robbie, what is a church? If it's not the building, if it's not an organization, Well, first of all, let's go back to the Old Testament. Okay, in the Old Testament, God started out His work through a group of people, through a nation of people, really, called the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. And God chose to work in those people primarily during that period of history. He chose to work in them while opening Himself up to the rest of the world, but His focus was on them so that He could work in them, and then He could work through them to reach the rest of us. But now we live in the New Testament. We don't often think about it that way, but when you're reading your New Testament, you could also say, I'm reading about the new what? Covenant. It's the new covenant, okay? In the new covenant in which we live, God works through something called the church. And it might surprise you what that word really means. Friends, listen, we're talking about in this series... God has called us to do some things together. We're going to be learning what it is that God wants some of the things, some of the most important things that God's called us to do to give us that focus. But really we're talking about why He has called us to do that. In the Greek language in which the New Testament was written, the, new, the word church was, if you take it out of English and put it in Greek, it's there in your worship God is the word ecclesia. Now that word ekklesia, that's the word that's translated church in English. Because we don't read Greek, right? I'm glad we have English translations. So when the translators translate from English to Greek, ekklesia is translated church. But it was not in that period during that time necessarily a religious term. The term could refer to a gathering of people from the community. So we're going to have a... An assembly. We're going to go to the Queensbury town offices, and there's going to be a—we call them a town hall meeting, right? We're going to have an assembly. We're going to have a gathering. That was the word they used, so they could have literally said, "We're going to have a church over at the Queensbury town offices." Now we would say today, "That's weird. What are you talking about, right?" But the word that we use would have been the word. They would have just said, "Hey, there's going to be a meeting. There's going to be a gathering." So many times it was—it was as a meeting of citizens, a political gathering, but really. In general, it was just an assembly of people. It was a gathering of people. The word church just means a bunch of people are getting together for some specific reason. Many times in school, students, don't you have a what? A school what? A school assembly, right? The principal, he or she calls over the intercom and says, Hey, everybody... We're going down to the gym because we need to have a meeting. No doubt that probably happened for the Southlands Falls Marathon Dance this past week. I don't know, but I heard it was great. I heard it's gone well this weekend. But no doubt the principal probably brought the students together and the faculty and said, hey, this is what's going on. This is kind of how it's going to go. So they had a gathering. They had an assembly. Can we say it? They had a church. It was just a meeting. It was just a gathering of people. Now listen, that's very important. Because when I just said that, you laughed because we were interpreting a gathering by the word church. Because we use the word church in a uh, religious way, right? But actually, we should use our religious term. Really, it should be interpreted by the more general meeting. The school had an assembly. The school had a gathering. Some people got together. That is really a more accurate definition of what we are doing. It is not a religious kind of, hey, all these trappings. It's just a bunch of people are getting together for some specific purpose and it happens to be for whose purposes? This is not a true question. <laughs> God's purposes. Okay, We've got a lot more teaching if you guys don't know that answer, all right? <laughs> and actually, that word ecclesia literally meant... The called out ones. The word ek was a prefix for out. Klesia was a form of the word to call. So the word was to call out. So the idea is, hey, just like the principal got on the intercom and said, hey, everybody, wherever you're at in every part of the school, I want you to meet down in the gym. That's exactly what we're doing right now. Why don't you get that picture? God issued a call. I live in Glens Falls. You live in Queensbury. Someone else lives in Scroon Lake. Someone else lives in Wilton. God issues a call. I don't live in Wilton. Amen? You don't live in Glens Falls. Uh, we don't live in Scroon Lake where someone else lives. I don't live in Corinth. Some of you live there. God issues a call and all those people, can't you just see them? Can't you just see almost a trumpet going off and God says, Hey, Hey, all my people, I want you to come out and I want to gather you together. Because I want to work through you and do something in this world. That is the word that Jesus used to call what we are doing when he introduced that idea in Matthew 16, verse 18. Peter makes this great profession of faith, confession of faith. And then he says, Jesus said, I also say to you that you are Peter. And by the way, you are Peter, which means little rock. And on this rock, on this big rock, what was the big rock? The big rock was the confession he made. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, you are the little rock, and God was going to use Peter in a special way, but the rock that God was going to build the church on was really what? The confession of his faith. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Peter, you're the little rock. I'm going to build on this big rock your confession, and I will build my what? Church and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell. Well, not prevailing. We're kind of sad looking sometimes. But you know what? We ain't going anywhere. Amen? This thing that we're doing, isn't that exciting? Do I know if I'm investing in a venture that is going to last, that is going to be worth it? Absolutely. If you are giving your life to doing God's work through this gathering called the church, the Bible says the gates of hell, boom. Amen? Y'all didn't sound impressed. Uh, the gates of hell will not prevail, will not overcome what God is doing. Now let's go back and read it with that new understanding. I say to you that you're Peter, little rock, and upon this big rock I will build my... We say church, and when we do, we start getting this religious connotation. But listen, let's just translate it the way it should be translated. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my gathering. I will build my my assembly of people. Doesn't that kind of help us see it in a more pure way? Isn't that very organic? God is just saying, Peter, I'm going to do something. I'm going to gather a group together and I'm going to build upon this confession that you have just made, a gathering of people. We could have named this church New Hope Community Gathering, New Hope Community Assembly. New Hope Community called out ones from all across this area. It would have been hard to fit on a business card, but we could have named it that. All the people that God has called out to be a part of this gathering. That would have really been long on a business card. We could have called it that. But in English, we've developed that word into the word church that we use. So a general term for gathering was taken and made into kind of a God term. But really, it just means God's brought some people in his family and when He does, He calls them together to do some things. Now Many of you have bracelets on right now that tells you what we've, we've sort of summarized that at New Hope with three words. What is it? Worship, grow, and serve. We believe, I mean, there's many things that God says, but God has called us from all of our different communities to come together to worship Him, to grow in Him, and to serve Him. And I want to give you a great example of that at work in the Bible. Really a model that many churches we look to to say, how should we do God's work? Let's turn to Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47. Now Peter is preaching here on the day of Pentecost. And he had said a lot of things, but it says, "...and with many other words he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them." This crowd had formed, and the church was starting, really. God, the new covenant was was, was just beginning to start and to expand, and, he, and he, he shared with these people. Be saved, be rescued from this perverse generation, this messed up world that we lived in. God wants to save you. So then, those who had received His Word, people heard the message of salvation, they accepted Christ as their Savior. So then, those who had received His Word were baptized, and that day there were added... About 3,000 souls. Isn't that interesting language? That day there, there were added. Isn't that interesting? About 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's the Word of God, into fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place to the apostles. and All those who had believed were together. You hear that language? God brought them together. There were people from many different cultures, many different backgrounds, and God called them out from the different places they lived and moved and and worked and, and, and played Little League and played soccer and went to school. God called them out, and they came together. All those who believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. There were large group gatherings. There were small group gatherings. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. People that they had not known until just a few days ago. Now they were sharing life together. They were truly a group. They were a gathering, an assembly of God's people. And it says, They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, here it is again, was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Much of what we see in those verses is going to be the content of the rest of this series. Because we're wanting to think about what does God want us to do together? But really, we're focusing on this weekend, why are we even doing this thing? It's because God has issued a call in your life for you to come to Christ as your Savior. And then when you do, He wants to gather you together with other believers to do His work. You know, I'm really sorry that many Christians or many churches have made the concept... Listen, do you recognize it in listening to this? Many Christians and churches have made the concept of church so complicated. Amen? Amen? Many people don't want to come to church because this is too what? Complicated. It's just too much. It's just, I can't understand it or I can't figure it out or it's, or it's messy or it's political. Many have made it such a negative thing. But really what we're doing is saying, I've been born again. I've become a child of God. And God has stirred in my heart that I want to gather together with other people to, to learn about Him to grow in my relationship with Him, to serve you and for us to reach out to the world together, to make a difference for God. Isn't it that pure? Can it be that organic? Please, amen, please. Can, is it possible in this world to just find a family of God? Amen. Friends, that's what we're shooting for here. Do you know that? That's what we're shooting for. We've gotten bigger. We've gotten larger. Things have gotten a little bit. There's a little bit more stuff, but we are constantly fighting to keep it simple. Amen. God, please, keep it simple. We're just the people of God called together to do His work. How did we ever make it so complicated? Amen? Doesn't that sound like a ploy of the enemy? See, see we were saved, and we've come together and to do God's work. It would be ingenious of Him to make it complicated so we won't do God's work. Amen? It's really, in some sense, that simple. We're just the people of God gathered together to do His work. Now, I have to say we need to be a little bit careful with that description. Because some people take that, and they take the, they take the, the understanding of church and make it something very loose. Basically, the church is any group of Christians that get together to, to, to do some work for God. And that's what a church is. And that's how some Christians approach it. But that's not really what we see in God's Word. A church is not just any gathering of Christians. There is some, listen, now we're taking a little bit of the shine off, right? We're taking a little bit of the complication off. Even though we have a lot going on, let's keep it simple, silly, right? Not stupid, but silly. Let's keep it, K-I-S-S. Let's keep it simple, silly. We are trying to keep it simple, but listen, there is some structure, right? There is some leadership that God raises up. And so we don't mean to make it just a random gathering of God's people. That's not what we're talking about. A church seems to be a specific, write this down, local gathering of believers, of baptized believers, who come together on the basis of shared beliefs to do God's work in God's way for the glory of God. Amen? So we've gathered together. We're baptized believers. We've, we've gone public. I'm a Christian, and I've shared publicly through the, the symbol of baptism that God's given for us to say to the world, I want you to see that I'm not ashamed of Christ. Baptized believers who come together based on some shared beliefs to do God's work in God's way for the glory of God. We do things like preaching, teaching, ministry, serving, serving one another, reaching out to the rest of the world. We have some leadership. We have some structure, even though we try to keep that simple. And there's a word. We just talked about one word. The first word we're talking about is ecclesia. We're just the gathering. We're just the meeting. We're just the ones that have been called out by God to come together. But there's another word that kind of describes what happens when we come together. What happens when a local gathering comes together. Let's talk about that. Secondly, God wants us to partner together to do His work. God gave us the church for a reason. Because He wants to bring together His people to worship, to grow, to serve. But God wants us to partner together to do His work. Our series is called Together. And we're going to be talking about what are we called to do together but I want us to understand why we do those things and what we're talking about here is the word partnership. Now many churches call this membership. Okay? Many churches use that term and in a sense the idea of membership is appropriate. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 12 for the body, the body of Christ is not one member, but many. Now you can say, "Aha, there it should be members." Listen, that's not talking about membership. It's talking about bodyship, okay? What he's talking about is it's comparing us to, the, to a human body. A human body has many what? Well, y'all just said it, right? What'd you say? Who said that? Many what? Parts, right? Many translations use an older idea of body members. But how many of us say, this is a member of my body? Okay, really, we say what? This is a body what? A body part, okay? So there's several reasons we've moved away from the idea of membership, okay? Many times membership means I've got some rights. I've got some privileges. I've got a key to the building. I have access, to right? If If I have membership in something, I have rights, I have privileges, I have access. And some of that may be true, but it's a different mindset. The word that we've used here more at New Hope more and more is partnership. And there's several reasons for that. In English, partnership really emphasizes what? Back and forth, doesn't it? Membership could mean there's this thing, there's this group that I'm a part of, and I have certain rights and privileges that I'm, that I'm able to access because of that. But for us, we're really saying that, that we as a group and me as an individual, we partner together to do some things for the Lord and with one another in that 1 Corinthians 12 passage. When I ask you, what does a body have? A body has many what? Most of us wouldn't say members, we'd say parts. Now, I don't know if that's related to the uh, uh, in an etymological way. I don't know if the, if the root word is supposed to be the same as partnership, but it kind of seems like it fits, doesn't it? We are parts, we have partnership, and so that, that idea just flows. But the main reason we emphasize the idea of partnership is because of a word that the Bible uses called fellowship. Let me read Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. A few years ago, I was studying the book of Philippians, and I found something that surprised me in chapter 1. Paul says, I thank my God, he's speaking to a church here. <clears throat> I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of, the reason I offer offer prayers and I do that with great joy, he says, in view of or because of your what? Well, some of your translations say your participation. Some of our translations say partnership. Do you know actually literally the word there, you know what it is? It's the word fellowship. Paul says, I'm grateful for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. It's the Greek word. Koinonia, okay? And that word means something. Koinonia means to have some things in common. It means to share some things. It means to participate in some things together. Participation, just like the New American Standard says. It means to be partners, partnership. Now listen, because here's what that means. We don't know exactly how they did it, in the New Testament times, there's some evidence of kind of how they grew new believers as they became part of the body of Christ. But somehow in the early church, they had a way, they had some sort of process to determine that we're on the same page and that we commit to living a certain way and to doing certain things together as God's people. Now hear what I'm saying? God called us to be a body, but we're a body who does something. We partner together Based on fellowship, we make a decision, we make a commitment that we are going to do some things together. You understand that? Now, I don't know how they did that in the early church, but they clearly put an emphasis on fellowship. That we have agreed to do some things together, and somehow they determined that, that yes, this is what you mean, this is what I mean, we agree we're going to do that together. Now again, you need to realize that not all Christians think we should do that. Not all Christians think that we should determine that we are going to do some things together and commit to that in partnership together. Many Christians want to be a lot more loose in their idea of what a church does. And so here's kind of how that happens. Many Christians say, hey, I've got some Christian friends and I get together with them every once in a while. We have a meal, we have Bible study, and that's, that's kind of my church. Or even sometimes they're involved in other ministries. And they say, you know, I'm I'm hearing the Word of God. I'm involved with serving God. So that's kind of my church. Other Christians like to say this. They like to say, hey, we'll come to a church like New Hope, but but we're not really going to commit to partner together. We're just going to kind of be a part of what you're doing. And here's what I'm getting to. The biblical idea is that fellowship word Koinonia. When we think of fellowship, many times in church we think of what? We think of food, don't we? We're going to have a fellowship, right? Now wait, let's back up just a minute. That is not a full-orbed view of fellowship. But it is part of it, isn't it? Many of us get together, and I encourage more and more, let's get together for what? To have a meal together, right? To sit down together, to enjoy a meal, to get to know one another to build our lives together. So fellowship can involve food. But fellowship is so much bigger than that. Fellowship means we've agreed that we have some things in common. We're on the same page. We are partnering together to do some things, specific things for God together. Let's go back to the Acts 2 passage. In Acts 2 verse 40, it says, in verse 41, So then those who had received His word were baptized, and that day there were added... About 3,000 souls. Down in verse 47. Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. They were obviously being added to something. Now let me just say as a side note to notice that many times in the Bible they counted. Have you ever noticed that? How did they know how many Jesus fed? Somebody counted and there was about what? 5,000 men, not counting all the women and children. So you see, many times in the Bible, sometimes people get a little bit weird about churches counting or keeping up with things. Maybe the numbers of people or finances or doing too much planning. Can I just say that completely doesn't make sense? Because if you're a plumber, you keep up with how many plumbing parts you sell, right? You keep up with your inventory and things like that. If we're doing God's work, shouldn't we be keeping up with it? Amen? Amen. And I got to be honest with you, more and more as a church family, we're trying to get better and better. At, and listen, I'm not talking about being in your business, but being aware of who God's brought us and how we're helping each individual stay connected and growing together and ministering to those needs. And so it's okay for us to closely monitor what God is doing. In fact, it is good for us to do that. I had two people this week tell me, Pastor Robbie, I've never seen a church that was so strategic in thinking. And I said, you know what? We ought to be. I hope that's true what you're saying, but we ought to be because this is God's work. Amen? And they were obviously very committed to this thing. Do you see that in some of these, uh, in Acts chapter 2, it says they were added, verse 41, verse 47, verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to some things. In verse 44, they were together, they had all things in common. In verse 45, they were sharing resources. In verse 46, daily they were meeting together. They were in each other's houses. And in verse 47, God was obviously working through them in a powerful way. Now again, we may not know exactly how they determined fellowship. We may not determine, know exactly how they determined who was added and on what basis. But there's no doubt that they determined some way, are we on the same page? Do we believe the same thing? Are we committed to the same things, to the same values, to the same beliefs? And are we willing to partner together to do those things together? Friends, That's why we have something at New Hope called Starting Point. Many of you have heard of it for years called the Discovery Class. We've just changed the name, we've changed the emphasis a little bit because many people ask, hey, how do I do what? How do I what? Get started. So we've called that Starting Point. And in Starting Point, we share with you, many of you have been through that, this is who we are. As a church family. Is God calling you to do what? Partner together with us to do that as well. That's how we do it in our church. Now sometimes people say, where in the Bible does it say you have to come to a class? Where in the Bible does it say that you have to join a church? Well, just as a side note, where in the Bible does it say the word Trinity? There's nowhere in the Bible that uses the word Trinity. But the Bible teaches the concept of the Trinity, right? The Bible teaches us the concept of, tell me, please impress me, it's Koinonia, say it in English, what? Fellowship. Thank you, somebody got it. I saw all of you were scared to answer. All right. The, the idea is fellowship. The Bible says that we have, first of all, partnership with who? With God. We have some things in common with God. Praise the Lord. I'm one of the king's kids. Amen. I've got some things that I share with God. And then we say that we we share those things and we are committing to partner together to do those things together. At some point, don't we need to know that? Don't we need to know that we're together and that we're pulling together to accomplish the same thing? There's no doubt they did that in the early church. Even to the point, if you got to the point in a negative way that you were no longer willing to partner or your life very severely was showing that you weren't a partner, you were no longer included in that partnership group because they just said, obviously you're not willing to partner with us anymore. Now, I don't want this to be sharp, but I do want to kind of make this point clear. Many Christians want to live together. Many Christians want to say, listen, and ladies, by the way, if that guy tells you he wants to live with you, this is the same kind of thinking, okay? I love you. I'm all with you. Why do I have to get married? Right? When somebody says that, what does that mean? They're not fully committed, are they? They're looking for a way out. So, ladies, what you should say to him is, if you do love me, if you are fully committed, if you're not going anywhere, honey... What's the song say? Put a ring on it, right? <laughs> I don't know that whole song. I hope it's appropriate to quote. <laughs> Again, I don't mean to be sharp, but many Christians want to live together with God's people. Let's get married. Amen? Let's get married. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, you can count on me. Then okay, then let's say you can count on me. Amen? Being a member is just us acknowledging what God's already said publicly, right? God has called me to be a part of this church and I want you and everybody to know you can count on me. I am partnering together with you. Now listen, friend, you take as long as you need to to determine if God is calling you to partner with us, right? That's fair enough. There is never, we never put any pressure on anybody. But at some point when God has finally said to you, this is the place for you. This is the place you need to be a part of. You need to throw your hat in the ring. You need to put your flag in the ground. You just need to say, I have fellowship with God, and I'm affirming I have fellowship with you guys, and you can count on me. We are partnering together to do God's work. Let's go. Amen? That's what it's all about. That's what we're talking about. God has given us the church. Aren't you glad you have a church? Aren't you glad? If I miss one week in here, I don't see you guys as a group for two weeks. That's a long time, amen? You ever notice that? I really don't feel... I'm not emotionally unstable. I mean, I'm all right. But I really don't feel... All right, no testimony. I I don't feel right if I don't get together with you guys pretty often, amen? Even when I miss one. God has given us This gathering. Isn't it encouraging, young person, to know? You may not know one person at your high school who is a Christian. Although, can I just tell you, there are more. You just haven't found them yet. But isn't it encouraging to see people from other high schools and other junior highs sitting here in this room right now, going to be in youth group after the service, worshiping God and seeking Him? Isn't that encouraging? I'm a part of something. And then as we recognize that, thank you, God, you've called me to be a part of this, then let's let each other know that. And then let's get about doing the things that we're going to learn over the next few weeks together. You know, it really breaks my heart that we have so messed up the church. Amen. Can I tell you why I fight hard to do what I do? Not fight you, not fight anybody else. I fight the enemy. I fight the spiritual force. You know why I do that? Because I want Jesus to be beautiful to this world. Amen? Please, children of God, affirm that with me. We will fight to make this a wonderful thing because we want Christ to be known and seen in power and in truth and in His majesty. He is the great God and King of the universe. And we are supposed to be His body. Amen? God, help us in the weeks ahead to learn a little bit more clearly what is it that you've called us to do. But more this weekend, it's really who He's called us to be. He's called us to be the body of Christ. He's called us to gather together and I commend you for that, for being here right now. He's called us to partner together. Have you partnered together with us? Maybe you're still praying. Some people came to our starting point already this weekend, and they're praying. And we're going to be talking with them about that. Maybe that's the phase that you're in. But listen, friend, if you've gotten to the point that you know this is the place that God is working in my life most powerfully, this is the place where I gather, where I serve, where I'm growing, where I'm reaching out, where I'm inviting people, then why don't you just go ahead and let us know, you can count on me. We are partners together. We have fellowship with one another to do the work of the Lord. And then get on board and do it. You know what, unfortunately, many of us have said we're partners, and then it stopped right there. Somehow in America, the idea that you can join a church and then stop got started. That's terrible. That's terrible. Like there's some role or something that we keep up with. and Oh, I'm on the rolls over there. What does that mean? The role is, is, is secondary, isn't it? What really matters is I show up and you can count on me that God is going to use me in your life and going to use you in my life and going to use us in other people's lives. Amen? So maybe you are technically a partner with us. But realistically, maybe you're not living that out. I pray that God would use this to speak to you. We are doing this together. Would you join us in that effort? I want us to spend a few moments before the Lord. So bow your heads for just a moment. First of all, I want us to spend a few moments praying for this thing called the church. Would you join together with me in agreement how sad it is that our world sees us so lowly? Now, I'm not saying that because we're defensive about it. I'm saying that because we're broken by it. Because if the world sees us so unhealthy, and guess who that's a reflection on? It's a reflection on our great God. Would you, would you join with me right now in church, family, and prayer? God, help us to be the gathering that you intend for us to be. God, help your people all across this world, all those local gatherings of yours and all these communities, all over New York and all over the United States, all over Africa and Canada and Mexico, China, God. Would it be the gathering that you intend for it to be? Would it be beautiful, God? So that your name will be beautiful. Would you pray with me, church family? Would you pray about that right now? God, help your church to be beautiful in all of its expressions all over this world. Now let's turn to us. God, would you help this church to be beautiful? Would you help us to be, God, all that you want us to be for this community. And now maybe let's get a little bit more specific. God, would you help me? God, would you help me to to know, do you want me to partner with this gathering? Is this the gathering locally that you've called me to, to partner with, that I have fellowship with? God, I've already made that partnership commitment. But honestly, God, I'm I'm not really really fulfilling that partnership. God, show me how you want me to get involved. Make a difference to your body for your glory. I'm going to let those believers keep praying. Would you keep praying? as they do maybe there's somebody here that would say Pastor Robbie what you're talking about sounds so wonderful but honestly I don't know that I'm a part of that so I would ask you have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ have you ever formed a partnership with God do you have fellowship with God are you on the same page with God by giving your life to Jesus Christ. By saying, God, thank you for dying for me on that cross. And I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me for what I've done against you. God, I want to be partners together with you. I ask you to come into my life and be my Savior. thank you for those who've made that decision today. I pray that you give them the courage to take the next steps, to be baptized as a believer, and to to find a local church, whether it's this one or another one, that they can partner together to be a gathering of your people to do your work. Father, over these next few weeks, would you speak to us about what this gathering should look like? This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.